Now I've got the right segue. How about that? Well, uh, the, the cry from the tomb in those very early hours on that first Easter morn was that he is not here. He has risen. And that message has reverberated and been transforming human hearts and minds from that very small, meagre beginning in around AD 30, 2,000 years ago, and continues to transform the hearts and minds of people all over the world. I want to welcome you here this morning if you're joining us online camping, or maybe you're here in the room with us or out in the foyer. People around the world, about a third of the world's population, pause on this particular day and celebrate something that nobody anticipated, is that on that first Easter morning, the cry that went out from the tomb is death has been defeated and therefore nothing is quite the same. That God has breathed his fresh life and new beginning into the creation and that anyone who wants to know that life, it may be available through and to them through Jesus' Son. And so the record this morning as we begin our time together is that the very first words that resounded from the tomb is that nobody was expecting anything to happen on that first Easter morning. Luke, as he records, he says these words. The women went to the tomb in the very early morning of the first day of the week carrying spices that they had prepared. You see, the women were going to the tomb to embalm Jesus' body. That was the part of the two-stage process of of preparing a body for the ritual of burying. And as they went to the tomb with the spices, they would embalm the body and then come back sometime later after the body had been decayed and collect all of the bones and place it in a box for safekeeping. Well, that first Easter morning when they went to the tomb, they found that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. And when they went in, they didn't find the body of Jesus anywhere. And as they saw these events unfold, Luke tells us, he says that they were at a loss to know what to make of it all. They were at a loss to know what to make of it all because they understood that crucified people remained crucified, that dead people remained dead. They weren't expecting anything to happen on that first Easter morning. But then it says, the record shows that There were two men that appeared in dazzling white. And they say to the women who were there in the tomb, Why look for the living among the dead? He isn't here. He's been raised. Don't you remember everything that he had told you? That he would die and that he would rise from the dead. And he told you this many, many times. It says in that moment that they remembered. And so they raced back to the other disciples, the apostles, who had been fearful and waiting and hiding from the, 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 the Roman guard. And it says, when they actually got back to that place, they said to the disciples all the things that they had seen. And I'm sorry to say that in this very moment, the disciples, they responded, <laughs> uh, it wasn't their greatest move. Because as soon as they heard the words that the, the women had recalled to them, It just seemed to them like it was stupid and useless talk, and they didn't believe them. Because nobody was expecting something to happen on that first Easter Sunday morning. Well, Peter was there. 
Peter, the one who had just only a few hours before, a few days before, had defiantly and boldly said in front of all the other apostles, everyone else might desert you, but Jesus, I will stay with you through thick and thin. While Peter was still licking his womb, that, the wounds of that spectacular, that spectacular fall from grace, when he had, under pressure, run away from Jesus in that pressured moment when the Roman guards had come. And so Jesus, uh, Peter picks himself up and he runs to the tomb as fast as he can. And when he gets to the tomb, it says that he got up and he looked at the grave clothes and he said he went back home perplexed because Peter wasn't expecting anything to happen on that first Easter Sunday morning. Well, it says in that moment, as they were trying to make sense of all these different events, that there were two of them who went to a little village close by, several miles away by the name of Emmaus. One of the disciples' name was Cleopas. And together they were talking along the way of all of the events that had happened, all of the different hopes and longings that they'd had upon Jesus. And it says in that moment, there was someone else that actually joined them. In fact, it was Jesus himself approached and walked with them. It says their eyes, though, were prevented from recognizing who he was. And so Jesus, if you like, he plays them a little bit. And he says, why are you looking so down? Why are you looking so dejected? And they turn to him and they say, our hopes were on this man, Jesus. We hoped that everything that the prophets had said about him would come true. We had hoped that through him, God would finally come and create a new heavens and a new earth. That evil would be put on notice. That death would be dispelled. And that God's peace would reign here on earth just as it said it would. We had pinned our hopes on Jesus. And now it seems as though They've all been dashed. The hope that God's future breaking into this world would happen in him. And now all that we're left with is a crucified body because no one was expecting something to happen on that first Easter morning. Well, they carry on and they say to Jesus, some of the women have come back and they've said that They've been told that he is risen, but no one's seen him. And so later on, that, that walking moment when they reach their lodging, they bid this other stranger, this welcome stranger, to eat with them. It says that as they sit together and Jesus takes the bread and he gives it and distributes it to them, in that moment, there's a little pause where they recall the meal they just had only a few days before. And in that moment, it says that their eyes are opened and they become alert and aware to who Jesus is. And it says in that instant, he disappears from their sight and they turn to one another and they say of him, were not our hearts burning inside when we heard him speak with us? And so these two would-be disciples, they race back in the the hours of that evening to find the apostles who were still hiding out from the Roman guard. And they say to them, we've seen 
Jesus and he's alive. It's true what the women have said. It's true what Peter has seen. He's actually alive. And it said in that moment, Jesus appears among them and he says these words. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. One of the first things that people experience when they come to know Jesus is the peace that he gives them that surpasses all understanding. I heard of a a middle-aged woman just recently who had opened up her heart and mind to Jesus and had become a Christian. And someone asked her, what does it feel like to know him? And she said, there's two things that have changed in my life. The first thing is this. She said, I feel like there's a load that's been lifted off me that I don't have to carry anymore. The second thing she said was this. I care less about what other people think of me. I care less about what my colleagues at work think about me. I care less about what other people think of me. And I care more about what God thinks of me. I know that piece too. Some of the most challenging times in my life, when I've been at my wit's end wondering, what do I do? Where do I go? What's the next thing? There have been moments when I have called out to God and found that even in the midst of all the uncertainty, there's a sense in which he has my back, that he has power of heaven and earth in his hands, and that with him, even though I don't know the outcome, that I'm still safe in his arms. Sometimes the first thing that people encounter when they come to know Jesus is his peace. Do you know that peace that only God can give? Well, the story goes on and Jesus turns to them because they are overwhelmed with shock. You can imagine, can't you? And in that moment, he he discerns that they're, they're still not understanding. So he presents them with his hands and his feet and says, look, look at my hands and my feet. You see, ghosts don't have flesh and blood as you see that I have. You can see. You can touch. You can feel. And then he says, actually, I'm a little bit hungry. Could someone get me something to eat? And they bring him some broiled fish and he eats it in front of them. And people have wondered, what does a resurrected body look like? What does a glorified body look like? And the answer simply is, Look at Jesus, because Jesus seems to be able to, in his new resurrected state, disappear before people's eyes, look a little bit vaguely familiar, but not to others. And he also seems to be able to stand there and eat broiled fish and show people that he's got a body as well. It's a body, Jesus would say, but not as you know it. But it's risen and it's alive. Jesus goes on and he says these things to them. You now are witnesses of all of these things. And what I would like you to do is be my witnesses throughout the entire world. And as you are my witnesses in word and deed, and as you orient your life around who I am and the power of this good news, 
I want you to declare to others, to everyone who you come into contact with in word or deed, that I had to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And the good news is this, is that God has made a way for all humanity, that death has been defeated, that evil no longer has the final word, and that God's new creation that had been promised centuries before has now come alive in and through me. And that if people open their hearts and minds, and if they turn themselves towards me and bend their knee, they will discover that there is a God who has opened up his arms and made a way for them. So that no matter who you are, no matter where you've been or what you've done or has been done to you, that there is a God who loves and who gives and who has come to earth and has risen from the dead and therefore all authority and power abides and rests with his son and his name's Jesus. Take that message and in word and deed announce it to the creation and say to people that if you were to open up your heart and mind to God, that that new life that came into being when Jesus on that first Easter morning rose to new life, will come alive in you and that you will pass from death to life. You will have new creation life swimming through your body, that God's presence and spirit will indwell you and that you will encounter a hope and a peace that nothing else can give. On that very first Easter morning, When they went to the tomb, nobody was expecting something to happen. But something did happen and continues to happen throughout the entire world. From that very meager beginning to the grand expanse of that good news throughout the nations. That he has risen that death has been defeated and therefore you do not have to fear because that good news has come. Rodney Stark, a sociologist, tracked and asked the question, how was it that a meager group of people of 120, by three centuries after that declaration from that, that tomb, could form into a group of 33 million people, half of the Roman Empire. And then following that, 2.4 billion people around the world would join together on this morning and declare that he is risen and he is risen indeed. He asked the question, how is this possible? And he said it what probably wasn't because of the great miracles that were being performed, although that may have been done, that may have been part of it. And it wasn't because the emperor Constantine had declared it to be so, although that may have been part of it. And it wasn't because of the great martyr's death that gave Christianity credibility, although it may have been part of that as well. He said the reason why that expanded and it transformed the heart's And minds of people throughout the globe and continues to today is that those first witnesses 
took Jesus at his word and they invited friends and relatives and neighbours to share that good news. That good news that whilst they're expecting nothing to happen on that first Easter morning, that something did happen and it still happens when people open up their hearts and minds to Jesus and welcome him in because he actually fills them afresh and gives them new life and fresh beginnings and that continues to ripple through nations and cities and states and people all throughout the world and that is Good news. That first Easter Sunday morning, God got loud. And his people got quietly loud. Because they believed that they had good news. And they were witnesses of that. That he had risen. And therefore death had been defeated. And that evil no longer has the final say. And that by placing their trust in him, that they could have life eternal, fresh beginning with God, a new perspective, a new dawning that nothing else could defeat. Let me ask you this morning, do you know that peace? That only God can give. As we sing our final song together today, I would invite you to answer that question for yourself. Do you know that peace that only God can give? John, one of the writers in the Bible, he says these words. But these events are written so that you might believe that Jesus... The Messiah of Israel, the Son of God, the world's true Lord and King. And He's none other than Jesus Himself. And that with this faith, you might have life in His name. Do you know that life that only God can give? As you hear the words of this song, as we stand together and sing, I wonder if this is the day where you might say, together with those witnesses, He is alive. I believe in Him. Jesus, will you come and fill me with that new risen Why don't we stand together?